0: Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe you can achieve, welcome to Living the Dream with Curveball, a show where I interview guests that will teach motivate, and inspire you to stop at nothing, to fulfill your dreams. Today, I am joined by special guest, author Marsha Moran. Marsha had a stroke in 2014, and she thought she was going to be able to go back to work in 2015, but due to a language disorder called aphasia, she was not able to communicate during her interviews. It took her three and a half years to find a doctor to treat her condition. So she wrote a book about her experience called Stroke Forward. We're going to be talking about her language disorder in case anybody out there is experiencing that and what that is and how it's treated. We're going to be talking about her book and how she has bounced back since then. Marcia, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Curtis. It's an honor to be here.
0: I'm glad to have you. Why don't you start off by giving people a little bit of background about yourself?
1: So I had a business of my own. I essentially helped people reposition their companies. So I took them from what they said they did to what they actually did. (laughs) Because most people don't know the difference until someone says, oh, yeah, we do this. Yep.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your, your stroke. Did you, were you having some health issues or how did that happen or, or do you know how it happened?
1: So I was 53 years old. I had no uh, issues that I knew of and I woke up one morning and felt odd. And so I texted my friend to tell her that I wasn't going to make breakfast. And when I was looking at the text, I'm going, I can't read this. I must be really tired. So I put my phone down, scrolled over, and got the worst headache imaginable. And despite the pain, I fell asleep. When I woke up the next time, I knew that something was really wrong because I was paralyzed on the right-hand side. And I knew that I had to find help. Now, it was Sunday morning, so my husband was downstairs. So I (laughs) fell out of bed and dragged myself across the carpet. And I made the door, but it was closed, so I had to reach up. And it took a long time because my right side was holding me down, but I finally snagged the door open and I took a break and I can't tell you how long it was. And I finally dragged myself down the hall and I made it partway down the hall and totally ran out of gas. And I was thinking, well, at least I know Jim will come upstairs sometime for a soda. Crash! I don't know what fell, but something fell, and Jim came upstairs and he found me leg on the floor. And he said, "Marcia, are you okay?" And that's the point I realized I couldn't say anything. So he asked me, "Could I say anything?" It's like no. So he called nine one one, and it probably took the paramedics. 10 minutes or less to get to our house. And the first paramedic that came through the door said, where well, did she have her stroke? And that was the first time that either my husband or I thought of the word.
0: So after having your, your stroke, you recovered and you thought you were good enough to work in 2015, but you realized you could not communicate were you able to communicate before the interview that you realized you cannot communicate? Kind of walk us through that and explain how you go from recovering and then going for a job interview and now you can't communicate.
1: So when you have aphasia, at least for when I had aphasia, it was like I had two people in my head. There was the person who was understanding what was being said. It had something to say back, but I couldn't say it. So I could find a different way to kind of communicate. And I thought it was I was pretty good at that. The problem with aphasia is that you sometimes can't say anything. Sometimes you can say a little bit. Sometimes you speak pretty well. So I had gotten to the point where I thought I was speaking pretty well. (laughs) So I sent my resume in with a cover letter that told them I'd have a stroke and two companies replied back. And I thought they were really interesting companies. One was for uh, people with having a hearing aid or a hearing problem. And that was my first interview and they called, I picked up the phone, we introduced ourselves. They asked the first question and I said nothing. Absolutely nothing. I tried again. I still said nothing. So I realized that there's conversational language. Hi, how are you? It's sunny outside, it's raining. That part I could say most of the time But the deeper language that talked about what you did for your job, I couldn't connect to yet. So I didn't say anything else during the interview and of course it was over. So I was saying, okay, well, that's okay. It's your first time. You can try and do better the next time. So the second company called and it was a company that did business plans. And I'm going, that's great, because I'd done 40, 50, 60 business plans in a, another life. So I thought, no problem. And I did okay in the beginning, but halfway through the interview, the ability to speak just stopped. And so I couldn't say a word. It was The interview was over. And so I knew that I had to find a different way to communicate. It's weird, but that's how it was.
0: Well, explain what aphasia is and how do you get it? Are you born with it or was it because of your stroke? Uh, give us an overview of that.
1: Okay, so aphasia is a communication disorder. And it affects probably about 40% of stroke survivors and other people than stroke survivors can get it. But I think that, well, I'm interested in stroke survivors because I had a stroke. So mine was, I could hear what people were saying, but I couldn't speak back. And that has to do with Brochia's aphasia. Uh, and that's just in front of the left ear. The other kind of aphasia is Wernicke's aphasia, and that's behind the left ear. So it's mine is in front, Wernicke's is behind. And those people speak fluently, but they speak, speak in gibberish. They say a lot, but it's all gibberish to people. The National Aphasia Association has on their website that if you have aphasia for more than three months, you probably have it for life. And I didn't like that. (laughs) So I was looking for someone who could help me. I didn't know if anyone could, but I was still looking for it. And I found somebody uh, a, a chiropractor who helped me part way in the second year. And so what he did is he did laser therapy and he put the laser just above my broken's Right. And I found that I could speak somewhat better and having his laser therapy, I got probably 40% better, which is good. Not great, but it was good. And I stopped getting better. At three and a half years, I had another chiropractor suggest I try this thing called neurofeedback. And after 16 sessions, the two people who are inside my head, trying to communicate outward merged into one person. So I could say everything that I wanted to, to the person who was talking to me. And I think it's a miracle.
0: It definitely is a miracle and definitely glad that you were able to get that help. Now, so most people that, that get aphasia, are they able to get the same help you got, or, or is this treatment known about or not as wide known?
1: It's not widely known. So I have something for, I used microcurrent feedback. And on their website, it says where it's available in the US. And it was available, it was first discovered in uh, California. And so the West Coast has got a lot of places that have it. My chiropractor was the first person in Virginia to offer it. And so you have to take a chance and just see if it was available to you.
0: So let's talk about your book that you wrote. Tell us about the book, how we can get it, and tell us what the book is about.
1: Well, the book is about my journey through (laughs) my stroke and how I got to the place I am today, which is (laughs) I'm 90% better or 95% better. And it's written for the stroke survivor, the caregiver and people who want to become advocates. So it's a little bit about what I thought. It's a little bit about what my husband thought, who was my primary caregiver. My sister writes in it, my doctors write in it. And so you get a sense of what a stroke is really all about because everything is different depending on who the person is. So for example, something happened to me, right? And I'd look at it one way and my husband would look at it a completely different way. (laughs) And we're both right. But it, it was just a different way of looking at things. The I guess the story is about, I did some things that I think were unusual. So the laser therapy, microcurrent neurofeedback, they're in the book because people need to know about them. And I think that although um, microcurrent neurofeedback only does Uh, For stroke victims, I would say that you have an 85% chance of getting better. That doesn't mean you will get 100% like I did. But that's a pretty high level to not try it, if you know what I mean. And you can buy the book on Amazon.com. So it's stroke forward and you just type it in and you can buy it.
0: So you say that you're 90% better. Are you still, are you able to work now and do most of the things that you used to do?
1: I can. So I am actually taking a class. I'm going to be a coach for stroke survivors and caregivers. And I think it's really important because there's so much that stroke uh, survivors need and i don't know that all that many people know what they should do right so i'm hoping that once i'm certified i can give them hope
0: well besides your stroke class what other projects upcoming are you working on that we need to know about
1: well, I decided to make an audiobook. So if 40% of stroke survivors can't read, <laughs> then an audiobook is the way to go.
0: <laughs> well, let people know how they can connect with you. You have a website or you on any social media platforms?
1: I am on the website. It's www.strokeforward.com. And I'm also on Facebook. So they can look for Stroke Forward on Facebook and find me.
0: Well, do you have any final thoughts for stroke survivors, caregivers, anything like that, that you can leave people with? Because your story could, help save somebody's life?
1: Yes. So for stroke survivors, I will tell you, never give up. Every day you have to try. And although you may not feel like trying one day, you have to give it a try anyway, every single day. For caregivers, I would say that you have to take care of yourself first. So every day you have to make sure that you're eating right, you get enough sleep, you get some time to yourself. Because if you're tired or not taking care of yourself and you get grumpy, the person that you're going to be grumpy with is your stroke survivor. And they have enough to deal with already. I mean, I know that being a caregiver is a whole lot of work and it takes a lot of people. It takes patience and kindness. And maybe you're not cared for the way you'd like to be, but your stroke survivor needs you. So please take care of yourself first.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Marsha Moran at www.strokeforward.com. Be sure to go pick up the book and check out her amazing story. Marsha, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It has been a pleasure, Curtis.
0: And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, share after listening. And also, if you're an Android user, go to the Google Play Store, type in Living the Dream with Curveball and download my podcast app. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com Until next time, stay focused on Living the dream. Dream.